This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that celebrated Chelsea's 113th birthday like it was 21 again. Uh, Chelsea eased past Crystal Palace on Saturday with little drama and a welcome win. The return of palpable discord over the last few weeks has subsided to blessed relief. As it was, Chelsea's inability to finish off poor opposition nearly came back to haunt them, with a Palace goal unluckily chalked off for a minor infringement before Patrick Van Aanholt's goal in the dying minutes. Chelsea's confidence does not seem to have been restored to normal levels, evidenced by the players running down the clock by playing keep ball by Palace's corner flag. No matter, Chelsea won 2-1 to claim all three points, which at this stage of the season is really all that matters. But it could very easily have been 2-2. Better still, we had loads of time in the pub beforehand and after the match to celebrate the relief of a win and the 113th birthday of Chelsea FC. The Chelsea fancast number 418, No Dramas, uh, which is uh, a, a lovely thing to say, actually. I think that's all kind of what we need. We'll go into that in a minute because, first of all, as always, I've got my right-hand man, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Kiddo, Kiddo. Oh no, let's not start that nonsense. Let's not start that nonsense. You know, this is this is the more this is the more professional version of the fan cars, but we'll get into that more later. How are you, mate? You all right? Very good, thanks. Thank you. Had a, a very relieved mm. by the wins. I always find my my uh, emotions uplifted by us winning rather rather pathetically, but uh, that's the way uh, that's the way it happens, isn't it? Really, when you're a Chelsea fan, when you're a football fan, I think really so. Yeah, I, I, I think that's absolutely true. I, I'll be honest with you, you know, most of Saturday is like a, a blurry alcoholic f- haze for me, uh, uh, you know. 
Uh, in fact, actually, the 90 minutes this weekend was an opportunity to have a bit of a rest. But uh, again, well, then you, you must admit the, the angst of the last 10 minutes where I was, as usual. No, I didn't actually. Crouching no, I didn't. The bloody parapet. And thinking, no, oh, no, no, I no, I didn't. I was pleased when we went into the corner and just kicked the ball away for corners and throw ins. I thought, thank God, because we're going to give a goal away. Oh, yeah, well, okay. More of that later. We've also got in the house tonight. Uh, we've got uh, the wonderful Dan Silves, who's uh, was one of my drinking partners in crime on Saturday. Dan, how are you? Very good. It was a very, very good day. Might be one of the best days of the season so far. If you take football, I reckon so. Yeah, well, minus the football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the before and after was one of the best uh, we've had for a long while. I believe. Uh, I believe wholeheartedly. Um. And I do believe, I mean, I mean, the funny thing is, I mean, we will talk about this actually properly, and I keep saying this, but we will, I promise you all. But uh, uh, one of the reasons that was great was in the, in the cock beforehand, uh, all of us were there, including including the last but by no means least, Mr. Clayton Beerman. Da, 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 da. Yeah, no, it was good. Nice to get some cock before the game. Um, Always lo- love a bit of cock oh, before the no, game, Mrs. No, it was very nice. It was good to see everybody. Um that I mean, I hate five thirty kickoffs, but actually, to it suits me in terms of being able to have a bevy before the game a lot more. Um, yes. So yeah, no, it was good. It was it was like the good old days. Everybody was happy and chuntering away. It was that's nice. good stuff. Very good. Yeah, I mean, I, I I mean, yeah, I mean, I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. It's always good to see you, mate, in the in the pub. Uh, Thank and, you very uh, much. As I said, we will talk more about that later, but uh, we do actually have. To talk about the football, I know, shame sometimes, but actually, I mean, we won, so it shouldn't be too painful tonight. Uh, right, on the show tonight, we're going to kick it off uh, by asking, has not replacing Costa with a proven world-class striker hampered us this season? And who was the man of the match against Palace? Heon has done his thing on the website, so if you haven't voted, uh, you've got about 10 minutes before the results get called. Uh, but it's on the ChelseaFanCast.com website, so go and check it out. Heon's nominated them all. I think he's nominated William Hazard, uh, Giroud and Kante, as I recall. Anyway, we will get the results of that in a minute. Um, in part two, we are wondering what is up with Morata as he receives his 10th yellow card this season. We bemoan Giroud's bad luck. We applaud William again. And we say, have patience and faith in Christensen. Uh, in part three, uh, we're going to ask whether the best strategy for Barcelona this week will be fortune favours the bold. How can we get a result? Who will Conte pick up front? And will we get lucky with the referee? And uh, in part four, we've got more of your emails for Jonathan Tariq. There are loads this week. If we get through all of them this week, my God, we deserve a medal. There's seven, Jonathan, and they're long. Yes. What do you yeah. reckon? I'm lying down. Yeah. To prepare. Yeah. Yeah, get your voice vocal exercises in before we do that. Right, uh, we've got, as always, loads and loads and loads of people in Mixler. Oh, uh, there's some bloke called Tony Glover. Fantastic bloke. Had a few beers with him on Saturday. Uh, he probably remembers that better than me, is all I can say. But the lovely Tony uh, is in the house. Uh, we've got Praj, Pete, Pete Sampson, the lovely Pete Sampson. Vinda Blue, John Chips Chiverton, Kurt, Bob... Gregory Gardner, Andy Rue, Benji Toe, loads of people. Who's making all the noise in the background, Clayton? I would say that's probably me. Apologies, I was just moving mm. my beer. Mm. Oh, well, that's okay. Thank uh, you. Beer sound effects are definitely allowed on the Chelsea fancast, so there you go. Now, um, as I said, if you if you want to join the people in Mixer, loads of lovely people, not as many as usual, because I've been busy today, peeps. I had to dash up to London 
for a funeral, so I haven't had much time to kind of plug the show tonight. But, I mean, for God's sake, I mean, we've been doing it for 10 years. If you don't know it's on a Monday evening at 7 o'clock by now, you need to have a look at yourselves. Seriously. But anyway, uh, don't forget, you can listen to it live every Monday at 7 o'clock. Live. Uh, You go to mixler.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. Join in all the lovely people that are in there right now who will chat with each other and post for England. They really, really will. Uh, always tweet us at Chelsea Fancast if you want. Uh, we like to get your tweets and all of that. Now, uh, those of you, uh, well, well, some of you will, will remember, will know, may have even listened to our debut show on Love Sport Radio. Love Sport. Uh, which uh, Jonathan, myself, and uh, the lovely Marco Worrell did last Friday. Um, we will indeed be doing it again this Friday. Um, with in fact, it'd be me, Jonathan, and Clayton. Actually, that'd be it. So that'd be fun. Uh, I, you know, I thank you for your lovely messages. It, it was lovely. It's a bit of a weird experience, wasn't it, Jonathan? To be yes. honest, yes, it was odd. Um, being in the same room as you for a start, I haven't experienced that for some time, and uh, a joy, yeah. a, a joyable experience. Yeah, um, no, it yeah. was, and it was, uh, it was odd not having, uh, uh not having you run the show because you are. Uh, uh, immensely competent at that, um, not being Thank critical you. of uh, of Aaron, who uh, was unfortunately had to keep disappearing for um, ads and stings, and uh, which I felt ruined the flow a bit. But that's the that's commercial radio for you, you know. That's what you have. To do yeah, with. I mean, I, it, it, I, I, do you know what? I think they're lovely people, and and you know they're on, you know they're just starting, so it's early days, and they've got to get their head around it. But I do, I, I to be honest, I I feel desperately sorry for anybody who tries to present us lot doing what is supposed to be a Chelsea fan cast because we we you know it's it's a bit the, the only analogy I can say it, it must be a bit like AVB trying to manage the Chelsea side with full of Drogba, Lampard, Terry, Petacek, Ashley Cole. We know exactly what we're doing. We know exactly how we all work. We've got the same sense of humour. And then there's some guy who tries to impose his will on it. And, and, well, I've, and of course, the worst humor. thing... In his, his well, sense yeah. of humour as well, yes. He doesn't really have the same one as us, I don't think. But the, the thing that's even... I feel more sorry... Because I, I, I didn't have to present it or have the responsibility to present it, I could be one of the boys again. Uh, and and I love the fact that J.K. got this freedom without me saying "shut up, J.K." every five <laughs> minutes, and therefore it, it it just descended into anarchy. And I mean, there was a point in that show, as Jonathan will testify, I actually was crying. I was laughing so much. I mean, Jonathan was on fire. It was hilarious. So basically, either it it goes my way, which is structured <laughs> and quite professional, or the guy's got no chance, and we and it's anarchy, and that's kind of what happened. But, but I, I, I mean, Pete Pete Sampson commented there in Mixler a minute ago, JK, saying he thought it was hilarious. So there you go. Thank you. But it's the fact that he kept calling us the pensioners because they no. Yeah, well, he can fuck off with that right away. I know, but every time we he's going to get a slap if he does it on Friday. I'm, I'm I swear to I, God. You, we, I, we, we all went, oh, 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 didn't we? Which you know. Seem to be a running gag. I rather like. So, it. so was he referring to the old Chelsea nickname or you or us? Yeah. Um, yeah well, I think uh, us actually. It was. Mm. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah, the nickname because it came in. The sting was. It's the. Uh, it's the Chelsea fan cast. Uh, we're now speaking to the pensioners because I think they obviously thought that's the name, the nickname of the club, rather than the fact that uh, we're in fact called the Blues and we dispensed with the word the pensioners. I felt whoever no. was doing the sting was slightly taking the mickey 
So I thought, well, I'd well, if they do it again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, you know, they're gonna get a slap. I'm just gonna resort to violence. I'm afraid, you know, I think well, we need we to make a stand. Shout out, no, no, get rid of that. Well, we can't, we can't swear. No, no, we need you know, that. I, I can no, say, I'm gonna say, if you say it again, we're gonna like, we're gonna wrap our Zimmer frame round you, mate. Yes. You yes, know, you've good. heard of a Chelsea brick. This is a Chelsea Zimmer frame. Anyway, we should we should move on and do this show because the next uh, love love sport one is not until Friday. But do check it out. I mean, the beautiful thing about it, um, and and I would encourage all of you, particularly the hardcore and Mixler, who uh, who you know you are the Chelsea fan cast hardcore firm. So you know you've got no excuse. But um, you you can phone in. That's the great thing. You can phone in, and we can actually get to talk to you, which is lovely. Um, and we know you can phone in from anywhere, and you can listen to it from anywhere because the lovely Paul Crowder. Dialed in from California, which completely threw Aaron, didn't it, Jonathan? Particularly when I reminded them that he just won an Oscar. Um, but uh, yeah, you can phone in, and you. Can... I don't think he believed you. Chief. Well, it's. I know he just. Has... I feel really sorry. I think we need. You know what? In the perfect world, you know what I'll do is I'd, I'd, I'd take Aaron out and take him out with us and get him really drunk, and then he'd know what he was dealing with. But it probably won't ever happen. Anyway, look. The bottom line is you can ring up, which is great. And in fact, I must say this before I forget. I've actually even put a note in. Um, I was so touched by this, it's not true, but uh, there was a lovely chap called Ray who phoned in, who, uh, who, who, is, who is blind, and who was at the Alan Hudson do, uh, you know, the, 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 the book launch I went to recently, and I, I didn't get a chance to see him, and, and nor did he get a chance to have a drink with me, which was a great shame, but, you know, I, 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 didn't, I wasn't aware of Ray at all, and suddenly you get a phone call from this guy who's been listening to the podcast for a long, 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 long time, and I was truly touched, and it was brilliant, and I know Ray will be listening tonight, so Ray... It's great to hear from you. Do ring in again. And I thought you had a brilliant question because it was all about the redevelopment. So you have all that advantage, which you don't get with a normal show, even if you don't have your Uncle Chidge uh, presenting, which may or may not be a good thing. Um, just a quick shout as to where it is. It's 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock on Friday. Uh, the number to call if you want to speak to us in the studio is 0208 70 20 558. That's 0208 70 20 558. You can get it by listening on Medium Wave 558 or on the digital. Uh, it's a digital channel too, so you can get it on digital radio. Uh, you can visit lovesportradio.com and they also have an app and you can get it on Radio Player and tune in. They are on Twitter at lovesportradio and Facebook as well. So there you go. Right after this very short break, we'll be talking about the football. Okay, so uh, yes, I mean you know it was a bit of a routine win, really. I think I think as Jonathan was kind of saying earlier on, mate, it was kind of just what we needed, really, after the recent performances. Nothing, you know, it wasn't like the most exciting match in the world. It wasn't massively frustrating. It was just a two-one win. We got the three points, and and you know that's kind of what we needed. And and also I would add, you know, with one eye to Barcelona having to tax ourselves too greatly. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, there was very little taxing going on. I and mean, I thought Palace were terrible in the first half. But once again, we should have taken them to the cleaners and it should have been about 4-0 up. I mean, poor old Giroud. It's, uh, it's fun to play with a, with a centre-forward for a change rather than having Hazard wandering around not knowing what he's doing. But, um, but yeah, it was, um, it was a relief. It just was 
as as after the substitutions, the whole thing descended into uh, um, farce again, where we just looked as if we were going to concede. Um, but um, uh, it, in the first half, we were absolutely excellent, but they were very poor. Um, and it, it, poor. It, poor. It, of course, changed in the poor. second half when Zahar came on. Zahar is a fantastic player. God, bloody hell. I really I don't understand why he's still uh, playing for Palace and why it didn't work for him well, in United. He's been injured, mate. Otherwise, somebody would have bought would him, have I reckon. Would snapped him up, I suppose so, yeah. But why it didn't work for him at mm. United? Because he's, he's a powerhouse and uh, brilliantly skilled. And you could see that they're, uh, they're, they're, everything went up a notch for them in the second half. But nonetheless, we still should have... Um, we had lots of very good breaks. And uh, Hazard was uh, um, back to his best. And William was superb. And uh, unfortunately, the second half just petered out a bit. And we let them back in the game a bit. But we should have been, as has been the case recently, even with um, uh, the n- number of chances we created were uh, excellent. Um, so, yeah, it was... Uh, uh, you know- it, yeah, exactly, exactly that, mate. I mean, you know, it's kind of really sounds churlish to come away feeling a bit. I mean, actually, I said this in the pub, but I don't know. Maybe I just drank too much beforehand. But you know, I was talking to Pablo and a few others in the pub, and I just said, "Well, it was all a bit meh." And they said, "Well, what do you mean?" I said, "Well, I couldn't really get excited about it. It was just a bit meh." And I think actually, what I was, you know, failing to articulate, had it, having drunk far too much, was the fact that I think what was really frustrating was the fact that we should have really scored a lot more goals. And then, of course, as always this season, we we failed to punish a poor side. And, of course, that leaves the door open. I mean, you know, having watched uh, the highlights back on Match of the Day, I realised, Dan, that it it could well have been a goal. There wasn't really much of an infringement. And then, of course, Van Aanholt scores. And, you know, and playing in the corner flag with a couple of minutes to go against a team like Palace, I thought was a bit embarrassing. So I think it's the, the, the perennial issue really, which I wanted to boot off uh, the show with, really, which is, I think, you know, it suddenly occurred to me that, you know, we don't have a 20-goal-plus striker in the side, and a, and a striker like that would have put this bloody match well beyond doubt way before it needed to be done, Dan. Yeah, uh, this, that's, that's the whole point. You know, strikers win your games. You look at cost of the last three years, all his shenanigans, he, he made a difference. But Morata's started off OK. He's got some great goals. He's been injured. His form's dropped. It's his first year in a new country. You know, you know, Drogba's first season, he struggled a little bit. He got a lot of abuse for his histrionics. Um, had he stayed fit, maybe he would have been scoring 15 to 20 goals. I think we've, we've had, as a team, we've had a blip since probably the 2-2 Arsenal at the start of the year. So, you know, it's, it's maybe a bit churlish just to blame the strikers because everyone's been playing, you know, well below par. But, yeah, I think a striker made a difference. I mean, Giroud was, you know, a lick of paint away from getting his first goal. It's been it's been a season of very fine margins. I think <clears throat> times when we could have got the first goal, we hit a post or something, we ended up you know not getting three points. It's been you know very fine margins. Ultimately, it's not, it's not about performance now. It's about getting wins. We've got to try and get our you know top four spot. And I'd, I'd much rather have you know ten crappy games and you know twenty five points and some outstanding football. Maybe lose some games. So job done. Three points. Liverpool lost. So we made up some ground on them. I think you know can't you know can't really complain too much beyond that. Mm. I think the thing is, I mean, you know, Clayton, I think, as always, Dan speaks a lot of sense, but I, I, I think that that whole issue, really, you know, as I, I walked away thinking, bit meh, but, you know, it's three points, and actually that's all that matters right now, because we've got to get three points in every game if we're going to hit top four. And, of course, the lovely thing is, of course, Liverpool got beaten by United, which means that we're, 
you know, we're in because we've all been talking about Tottenham recently. Oh, it's we need, you know, we got to claw five back, five points back on them. But actually, you know, we're only six points behind Liverpool, and we get to play them, and they've got some tough games too. So, you know, I don't care if it comes off somebody's ass at the end of the day, as long as it means it's three points for us. Yeah, um, I think it's four points behind Liverpool, not six. So we're no, it's six. Uh, no, it's six, mate. I'm sure no. it's six. We're four, oh, oh, we're four points behind Liverpool, or five, four or okay. five. Uh, I thought it was six, but I, I shall okay. check with well, my researcher, who I have in the gimp room in the loft, <laughs> and then they'll tell me in a minute. I, I thought but you carry on talking I, while I, I do Saturday that. Saturday was just an absolute microcosm of our season. I thought we were basically we played some stunning stuff in the first half, and we we played quite well in the second half. A couple of amazing breaks by William, um, and then the defence was just very very nervous again and it's it's sort of slightly worrying but I, th- I thought we played well I, I mean if you just take away the last 20 minutes I know you can't really but I, I thought we played well and I think if we had a striker who was in form and a bit of luck and as Dan said you know the margins are so 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 you know small I mean Giroud really unlucky I thought Giroud was fantastic on Saturday I came away from Saturday feeling quite good. I didn't. I wasn't as uh, meh as your good self. I think I just got you know. It's more more meh, isn't it? Meh. It's meh. Well, whatever it is, I I I wasn't quite as. I actually I actually felt (laughs) definitely not. I'd I'd been entertained. Um, I'd also been frustrated. But as I said, that's what this season's been like. I think, you know, there's been moments where it's been good this season and, and more more often than not, there's been moments when it's not been particularly good. And, and Yeah, you're just, right, you're right. You know, do, you know, do you know what it was, mate? Do you know what it was? Do you know why, why I was all kind of meh? I was having, and I'm bloody sure I said this to you before in the pub. I was having so much fun in the pub. Yeah, seeing no, so many great people. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, I had that, I exactly had that feeling. Oh, no, I'd rather stay, you know... So that, I think maybe that that infected, and I can now officially confirm, Clayton, that you are a genius and I'm a dickhead, because uh, Liverpool have got well, Tottenham are in third with 61 points, Liverpool fourth with 60, and we are fifth with 56. So we are only four points behind Liverpool. So you know the three points are important, and we're we're closer to them than we were, which is great. Well, I think you know part of the atmosphere on Saturday. I thought the atmosphere was okay. I mean, their fans always make a lot of noise, which is great, good for them. But they did actually go quite quiet when they were being absolutely mm. humped. Um, but what I thought was quite interesting was the fact that I don't know whether there was a sense of, well, we're fifth and we are going to be fifth. I think there was a bit of that, a bit of acceptance mm. of of the situation. I don't know what the others think. I didn't get I that. I don't know. Fiddling. What do they think? I couldn't get that feeling. I felt it all fell apart when he took Giroud off. Well, um, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. But, substitutions, um, again, just... We're very poor. Absolutely poor, baffling. Really, yeah. really yeah. daring. But I don't... Look, I mean, we, we will talk about it in part two. But actually, do you know what? I think for this game, it was kind of one. It bloody well should have been. I don't think that matters. And I think, you know, one eye... <coughs> Excuse me. One eye on 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 Wednesday is not a bad thing, right? Let's just quickly talk about the man of the match before we go to a break. Uh, the wonderful Hion, who is in Mixler as we speak, and uh, 
is becoming the personality of Love Sport Radio. Apparently, by the way, Leon, they didn't phone me up after the match. They must have had a, a had a you know a, a, an invisible camera on me all day and realised how absolutely battered I was, and therefore wouldn't have made any sense. But anyway, the nominations from Leon uh, were Eden Hazard. And he says the Belgian proved to be a menace once again, registering eight dribbles. Uh, not quite as many as me on Saturday, it has to be said. And uh, completing 90% of his... I thought that was quite funny. I didn't even get a titter there. Well, uh, not even one. hiding your embarrassment, you know, no, dribbling. Okay. Anyway, he, com- he, he did eight dribbles and, ni- nine- and completed 90% of his passes. William, the 29-year-old, maintained his remarkable form. William has contributed 17 goals in his previous 18 starts for the club. I mean, that's a brilliant form. And Giroud uh, produced an accomplished display against Palace. He came mightily close to scoring and his build-up play was excellent. And, of course, the obligatory nomination for N'Golo Kante. On his return to the side, the Frenchman impressed with his typically brilliant defensive contribution and his ability to transition from defence to attack. He also assisted Williams' goal. I mean, that's interesting, actually. His contribution was much greater than I thought. Um, right, I'm going to do, do it round the houses. Jonathan, who was your man of the match and why? Uh, William. Um, superb mm. breaks, wonderful ball control. Um, uh, exhilarating performance from him and uh, maintaining this uh, this level of uh, superb form that he suddenly um, he's suddenly given us whereas before he was prone to disappearing i'm uh, i just hope he maintains it in the, in the camp nou during the week mm, i do too um clayton I agree with Jonathan. I don't, don't, can't give it to anybody else. I thought he was outstanding on Saturday. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I, I, I agree with both of you, and that's that's actually who I did vote for. But uh, Dan, what say you? Would you be in agreement with that? Yeah, full house definitely. William all the way. Yeah. Well, there you go. We are all geniuses because amazingly everybody agrees with us because in reverse order, N'Golo Kante with 3%, uh, uh, Eden Hazard with 4%, Olivier Giroud with 15%, and the absolute standout winner was Willian with 78%. I, I couldn't agree more with that and uh, well deserved. And I think, as you said, Clayton, let's hope he keeps it. It was Jonathan, actually, I think, said let's hope he keeps it up because I think... Do you know what? It was really odd. You know, you kind of have these surreal kind of moments when you're sitting there on your own watching the telly. And I was watching the highlights on Match of the Day and I sat thinking, William's definitely got a Jarzinho haircut. Now, that's definitely one for the teenagers. But in 1970, in that amazing Brazilian side, they had a, a number seven, a right winger in old money, who uh, who had this amazing afro. And he was called Jarzinho. And I, and I remember as a kid, I loved that. I loved him. I thought he was just... I just wanted to be Jarzinho, you know. Didn't he score in every round? I think he pretty much did, didn't he? Yeah. He pretty much did. Yeah. But he was brilliant, wasn't he? But for for some reason, William's haircut reminded me of Jarzinho. No. Fair enough. Mm. Thought I'd share that with you. Anyway, while while these boys ponder the madness of the inner workings of Chidge's mind, uh, we're going to go to a quick break, after which... We're going to wonder what's up with Morata uh, as he receives his 10th yellow card this season. And we're going to bemoan Giroud's bad luck, applaud William again. And we're going to say, have patience and faith in Christensen. We will be back in a second. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. 
total nutters and proper chels. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and I'm delighted to have the company of this dank Monday evening uh, of the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Oh, it's joyous to be on the show with such marvellous company. Indeed. And uh, I've got my drinking partners from Saturday, uh, the wonderful Dan Silver. Always a pleasure to be here. Always a pleasure to have you here, Dan, and always a pleasure to have a few beers with you as well at the game. And it was, as I said earlier on, I think, delightful to see Clayton in the cock, because Clayton and I like a bit of cock on a Saturday, don't we, mate? We do indeed. We do indeed. <laughs> that old chestnut, it never gets tired <laughs> or old. Actually, it probably, probably does, doesn't it, actually? But no. we don't care. No. no. We don't care. No. No. We like the joke, and we're sticking with it. Uh, we're also joined, of course, by the wonderful multitudes who are in... Uh, Mixler tonight with us, uh, just reading down a few. Steve Mowers in there. Steve, Steve's always on great form. Love to see Stephen here. There's a wonderful guy. I, I mean, I see. I hasn't. I have no idea what this means. This is the great thing when we leap into the world of uh, of, of Mixler when we haven't been keeping our eye on it. But there's a one, there's a guy who's got a name here called So What, as in Graham Lasso, <laughs> and all he's posted is yes, yes, has to be Willy Wonka. What on earth is that about? I have no idea. And that's the genius of Mixler. So welcome all of the lovely people in Mixler. Now, um, I also should mention this because uh, Heon, the lovely Heon, uh, is uh, in Mixler with us. And, of course, Heon is uh, the editor. He is the, the my boss, basically, which is wonderful to say. But he's been doing great work on the ChelseaFanCast.com website. He put out a big shout-out and got encouraged loads of people to write for us. And, and my God, they've been writing... With abandon, it's fantastic. I've never seen anything like it. I think I described it to somebody in the pub. I said it's a bit like having had a house for ten years, where you know every bit of furniture, every book, every painting, where all the crockery is, and you wander in. You've been away for a week, and you come back, and it's all gone and been replaced by something else that you you just don't recognise. And that's a bit like what happens when I go to the website now. It's so full of articles. It's brilliant absolutely brilliant so uh thank you to all of our new writers thank you of course to our old writers like clayton old as in being with us a long time i should hasten to add clayton no um, both, so there you go. All good both stuff. descriptions fit well i i couldn't possibly say that otherwise somebody might call us pensioners mm. <laughs> can't keto, have that keto. yes keto keto uh, there we go. Anyway, right, we're going to talk more football now. Uh, and we're going to kick it off with Maratta. Maratta. In fact, actually, there was a, a brilliant joke. I think it was me that made it. I might take credit for this, although Dan Silver will probably re- remember and realise it was actually probably him or somebody else. But um, I said in the pub beforehand that uh, we need to have a new word in the English language called Maratted. And that means, basically, I, I went to the football on Saturday and I drank heavily before the match and even more heavily afterwards and by the time I got home, I was absolutely maratted. Uh, and the meaning of that is I was unable to stay on my feet. And, and unable to score. Well, yes, actually, also true, but largely because my wife had gone to bed and shut the door. <laughs> you know, she's no fool. Um, but there we go. So that, that's how I feel about Maratta. But, the, you know, no goal since Boxing Day uh, came on for a little bit at the end of the match. And his sole contribution to the game was to get booked uh, for dissent and nicking the ball. And then, you know, frankly, he was unlucky not to be sent off for, uh, you know, uh, patting the linesman's flag so that it fell to the ground. 
And actually, the, he, I did notice on Twitter, actually, he got quite a lot of opprobrium for, for being petulant and whiny. Uh, and, and actually, somebody did note that most of his bookings have been for dissent, Jonathan. So you're our resident referee. What do you think? Well, it's tricky, isn't it, if um, um, you're constantly going up to the referee and saying, we don't know what he's saying. He may be swearing at him with his limited English. Um, he's probably learned a few swear words. But uh, in every instant, the referee's been completely right to book him because he's in their face and he's, uh, he's shouting at them. Um, and he was very lucky not to be sent off. Originally, he, he, had, the, um, he had a scrap, didn't he? It wasn't just a cent. He was having a scrap mm. with the, uh, the centre-half. Um, Kelly, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. And they, they actually pushed each other. Um, and if it was my Sunday league game, they'd have both been off for raising their hands. Yeah, but, you don't um, take any shit, do you, Jonathan, no, as a ref? I can I see that. Did. Off! You're I, off! I both did. off! That's exactly. That's what I used to say. You have raised your hand, you are both off. I remember um, one of the players once saying to me, that's a bit unfair, isn't it, ref? And I said, no, you both pushed each other. Get off. Sorry, not having that. Um, and he burst into tears. And I felt... A little bit soft for him, but yeah, because he was only a youngster. Anyway, um, uh, but yeah, he, and he then they then had a scrap, and he then um, got booked because he was then because he, he was mouthy. Well, he, he wasn't dissent; he got booked, I think, for pushing him. And then he he clapped him sarcastically, and as we've seen in the past from Fabregas, you can get booked for that. So that was almost two bookable yep. offences. And as you say, the business of playing with the flag it makes you think. Actually, is he is he trying to come across as a kind of um, cantankerous? objectionable cost a light yeah it, well well i'm not even thinking of that i thought does he want to get um it, have, say he's had a terrible first season and want to leave and then he can say sorry i can't deal with it i've been booked 10 times i'm clearly a, uh, a too much of a handful i want to get back to spain it just seems a um i don't get this business of him not learning he doesn't learn about at least he didn't fall over once in the game did he but so he's obviously made he some didn't growth. have enough time to he didn't have enough time to fall over but the game definitely deteriorated when he came on, because Giroud um, was was providing what we've all been asking for for the last few weeks, a focus and a fulcrum and holding the ball up. I, you said it, as a, a, a Clayton, I think you said it, he, he had a great game, Giroud, and was really unlucky not to score. And um, he is he, nowhere near as good as Costa, and we're bemoaning the fact that Costa was absolutely, is absolutely world-class, and we need a world-class striker. But nonetheless, he, he does a shift, and he shows you what... a um, uh, somebody slightly better, who's a bit speedier, could do for the team. It takes all the pressure mm. off Hazard. He's a fo- he's a fulcrum. It allows P- he runs well. He's a very he's a very accomplished centre forward. And uh, well, let's let's Maratta, just pause on Giroud for a minute because we we'll, know, we'll, we'll do him in a sec. Maratta, I can, I want to pick up on the point. I want to pick up on the point. I want to pick up on the point that you made, which I think is a cracker actually, because it's it, I had the same thought, mate, that. You know, it just makes me wonder, what is up with him? Does he really want to be here? You know, I know we read all this ass gravy in the press all the time, particularly from the Spanish boys, about they want to go back. But it does make you wonder. I mean, Dan, what, what do you reckon? Do you think Do you think he's kind of, you know, do you think, well, what's wrong with him? And does he want to be here, really? That's the question. Um, that, I I don't know. I think on the start of the season, he, he started the season really well. He looked absolutely superb. He got injured against just before Atletico, I think, back in the, before Christmas. And he hasn't really had any run of games or played any football for, for three months. It can take players a season or so to adapt. The difference is when Jogba came, <laughs> we started with histrionics. We had Terry, Lampard, Cole, people like that saying, we don't do this shit in the Premier League. Shay Park, there's no one telling him to stop flancing about and stop diving and just behaving himself. There's no one mm. telling him what he needs to do to make a success. 
because he's a very talented player. But you look at the goals at Stoke, that hat trick and other, yeah. other goals he scored. Yeah. I think that there is a really good player there. Also, this is the first time he's been a number one. Wherever he's been before, I think he's only started something like 85 games before this season, his career. So he's never really been the yeah. man. So I think there's a, there's a lot of mitigating circumstances. I think if he stays, we may well see the best of him next season. When he, he, he's in a year in the Premiership. He'll learn that it's very different to the Spanish league. You can't go down and get a free kick like you do in Spain. I like to, you know, I just think he's he's had a t- he's had a tough baptism, baptism fire. I still think there's a lot to come from him because he, he definitely knows how to score goals. I mean that the head against Man United, the third goal against Stoke. There is a talented striker out there. He just needs to kind of learn learn the English game. I think I think that's a really good point, actually, mate. And I mean, Clayton, there's a couple of comments on Mixler which I'm, I'm agreeing with too. I mean, CFC Sports says he's he's frustrated, which I think is true, and it's clearly clearly coming out. And of course, I'm I'm kind of mindful, which is what Dan I think is alluding to, that you know, Drogba wasn't exceptional in his first two seasons, really, for Chelsea. It, it took him a while to get it and and get going. So, you know, maybe we should be more patient with him. I mean, there is a talent there. There's no doubt about that. I, I, yeah, Dan, Dan's made some great points. I just on Saturday, the the impression that I just got was he just don't want to be there. I, I didn't see really? anything at all. For me, I didn't see anything that suggested that he's he's got a future at the club or wants to be at the club. I mean, I think he's got a future if he wants to be there because, as as you quite mm. rightly say, there is a very very talented striker out there. Um, we just we saw it in glimpses at the beginning of the season, and yes, he's he's sort of had a a bad run and what have you. But okay, you can't compare Costa to Morata, but what I'm going to do is compare them. Not so much their style of play, but their attitude. Now the thing is that Costa, first game, gets brought down for a penalty, is booked for a dive, set the tone for the rest of his stay in England. Yes, he acted like a prat a lot of the time, but also there was a there was there was a justification for him acting like that because he did get the wrong end of a lot of decisions. He was a you know he was a guy who basically put himself about. He was physical. He was perfect for the English game, and a lot of the time he really got some absolute rubbish decisions which weren't correct. And and basically he was refereed on reputation more often than not. Now, as I say, he didn't do himself any favours. But just analyse what happened with Morata when he came on. He basically came on and had a couple of shots. One was blocked, one was whatever. He had a fantastic opportunity to put William in and shot and shouldn't have done. And, you know, things aren't working for him. He basically had a, a spat with Tompkins or whoever it was because he wouldn't give the ball back and it was just absolute handbags it was completely pathetic but he just went on and on and on until he got his booking and then with a, he should have been sent off quite right Johnson mm. said he, he sarcastically applauded the referee he could have been sent off there he knocked the flag out of the linesman uh, out of the linesman's hand that was a sending off he doesn't want to be there. He wants an excuse not to play. Now, the sending off he got against Norwich was, was farcical. One, because the referee was an absolute arse and he didn't deserve to get sent off. He complained about being booked for diving when he was actually brought down for a penalty. But 
you know, the thing is, against Man United, he got booked. He got booked for a challenge, which was never a booking. There is a frustration, but I don't actually see anything. I didn't see anything in his body language or, or anything to suggest that he's going to rein it in and concentrate on playing football. All he's concentrating in is, is moaning. He's not contributing anything to the team. I think it's a, I, I think it's a real shame. And I think you've got to look at Conte because Conte's letting this happen because it happens every single game. He's not stupid. You know, he, I've never spoken to him. I don't know if he's intelligent or not, but he certainly don't. He can't be that thick. I don't think anybody's that thick. I just, mm. I just, which is kind of the point, kind of the point that Jonathan was making that he's not taking it in, is he? He's not, he's not he's changing the, at no, all, which is kind of not, odd because he basically doesn't want to. You know, you mm, think about Costa, who you, who you would imagine was not top of his class, but he, he learnt the rain. <laughs> what are you trying it. to say, Clayton? What are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm trying to say that he wasn't top of his class. I don't think he was. He was no. probably halfway. No. Anyway, the point is, that I I just get the impression that he just doesn't want to be there. That that's mm. well, which is a great. I, it's sad, but but quite possibly true. I really hope it's not because I I think I mean I know Kerry Kerry who let's be honest Kerry Dixon kind of knows a little bit more about strikers than all of us. And he's been convinced from the beginning of the season. Every week on the on the show that I do with him, he says, "I don't, I'm, you know, not sure about Morata, mate. Not sure, you know. So maybe maybe he's right. But I, I just I think that there's talent there. But the bottom line is, doesn't matter how much talent you've got if you don't work hard, and if you don't improve, then it's it's a waste of space. Um, Jonathan, you know, you were getting into the whole Giroud thing earlier on, and I'm I'm now going to return to that because. I, I thought he was. I, I I like him, you know. Considering how much I used to loathe him at Arsenal, that's no mean feat. But I like him. He works hard, you know. He's an intelligent striker, and I think he was so unlucky uh, not to get off the mark uh, on on Saturday. And I, I I don't think it will affect his confidence because I think he's too experienced. But I I hope it doesn't because it's it it's, it that goal's going to come, isn't it, J.K.? Oh yeah, it won't affect his confidence at all. He he was. Uh... He was uh, unfortunate with the one hitting the post, and the other one was um, a, a bizarre clearance where it was—I uh, don't know how on earth the guy was facing one direction, the ball went the other. I mean, if he'd if he'd smashed it in, he wouldn't have had a problem, but he was just trying to place it. No, I, I'm as I said earlier, I, I think he uh, he put in a very good shift. He runs very well. His one drawback is he's, he's not a swift player. And if he if he was quicker, he'd be the all-round world-class player we'd be looking for. Now, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, it's a relief, actually, to see this season uh, a focal point, as I've said, which we haven't had with Morata, because Morata is a very different mm. player. And, and we can't take away yeah. the fact early on in the season, he was fantastic, but he was offering a much, a, a, a very different um, uh, um, solution, um, running, uh, you know, running, being very swift and beating players. And, uh, and and scoring some very unique goals from very from 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 lovely angles, whereas uh, um, uh, Giroud is very much a, a in the penalty area uh, striker. You know, he's more effective in the six-yard box, I think, than uh, than Morata will ever be. Um, but it means that you get somebody who can hold the ball up better, and he's he's constantly facing, isn't falling over the second that he's uh, holding the ball up because he's used to dealing with somebody boring into his back because that's his that's what he does now i'm i'm um uh i hope he plays well uh, apparently conte has asked the players on wednesday 
if they have a view, this was in the paper this evening, um, uh, whether they were putting forward an idea of how they'd like to play, which I think I would say is possibly fatal. Um, but um, uh, I would hope that he starts, but I wouldn't want to get into the way of, uh, of Conte's view if he thinks a false nine would work better. And then he brings him on. I think he, he'll start ahead of Morata. I think Morata has... Uh, um, his lack of activity has, has made that he won't be the first choice striker if there is a striker from the beginning. But um, I know I'm happy with Giroud. I just uh, he's uh, you know he's he's wonderfully experienced. He's he's France's um, centre forward. You know we're not talking about an mm. idiot here. No, I, I'm I'm impressed. No. I thought he was great, and I think he'll he'll have no problem scoring soon in the in the Premier League. Excellent. I tell you what I really like about about Giroud playing, and and I think if if you play Giroud up front with with we, I've said it up time and time again on the show, but I think it works really really well with uh, William and Hazard playing alongside him or behind him because you know as you said Jonathan he can hold the ball up and lay it off to them and they buzz around and you know when those two are on form Dan uh, you know they're great and I mean William proved it again and, and, and do you know what I love about I mean there was a there was you know it's funny you miss these moments sometimes in the game and you and it takes you to watch the highlights to, to see them again but there was that bit talk about Brazilians and Jarzinho that 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 move in the second half where he kicked the ball past one side of the play and then ran round him to get it and William's full of moments like that I and mean, when he's on form he's an absolute joy to watch isn't he Dan yeah he's brilliant I mean he's Arguably played some of the best football he's played for Chelsea. He really seems to have a, you know, the passion back and the fire. I think a lot of, you know, maybe to his mum being sick and being so far from home must have seriously affected him. And obviously her passing away, maybe now he's only coming mm. out the other side and now kind of shakes, you know, what a really good player he is. I think he's, he's pacey. He's scoring goals now. He's, you know, arguably he's been our player the last two months. And he, he's got to be the first name on the team sheet for, for Wednesday night. I think we need, we need a focal point with Giroud to occupy their defence because I think he'll, he'll be good for us. You saw the difference he's made in the last few games. I, I would have a, a striker up front with William and Hazard playing you know, playing off him and running between the gaps between the not-so-good defence mm-hmm. they've got. Well, well, we'll get into that in a minute. But, uh, you know, Clayton, I think... Uh, what, what surprises me about William is... Some, I, I'm sure I saw this obliquely on Twitter, but somebody made the point about William that um, it's, it's interesting, you know, and Dan's made that point just now, really, that he's he's been our best player over the last two months when we've arguably been, been absolutely shit for a lot of it. And he was, of course, our best player uh, in the season where it all went very Pete Tong uh, just before we got rid of Mourinho. So what what is it about William that he's brilliant when we're in adversity, but perhaps not so good when we're doing OK, which is odd, isn't it? It's bizarre. I, I Yeah, it, it's true, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's strange. I think maybe he's just got the mentality that he works through everything, whereas some of the prima donnas yeah. didn't. I think he just yeah. carries on doing what he does. Um, and perhaps he always plays like that, but just looks better uh, when those around him give up or don't do what they should be doing. <coughs> Excuse me. He was sensational on uh, on Saturday. That run where he came from his own half and created yet another fantastic chance. He's just been a brilliant player the last couple of months. Um, I think the other thing is that you've got to remember is sometimes he's not always picked when the team's always, you know, sparkling and buzzing. He, he's not necessarily in, in the first 11, but, you know, he's proved that he's got to be in the first 11. He's got to start. Um, I mean, that wonderful, I mean, obviously Brighton weren't brilliant, but that, 
that wonderful performance of him, Hazard, and Batshuayi, the interplay between the, the three of them was just sensational. He's 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 been brilliant. He really has. Um, and long may continue. Hopefully, he'll be uh, he'll be as good on Wednesday. Well, hear, hear, and amen to that. Now, the other... I mean, we will talk about the Barca game, I promise. Obviously, we're all very excited about it. We really want to talk about it, and I can understand that. But uh, um, I saw a bit more stick about Christensen as well after the game. Um, I, I can't see... I, you know, the people talking about him making another error. I, I don't really think it was him at fault, actually, for that goal. Uh, I thought maybe Zappa Costa not covering was perhaps really the reason why that happened. But I think the bigger point is, is you know, I find it. Adver- I, I think I discussed it either. I, you know, I've, I've been so full of Chelsea chat for the last week with three shows in the week and, and a very long time in the pub. I, it's all melding into one a bit. But I'm sure I had a conversation with somebody saying, you know, you can't have it both ways. On the one hand, everybody's clamouring for the youth to play. And, of course, what the older heads amongst us know is that when you're a younger player, you are going to make mistakes because you're still learning the game. So, you know, my view on, on Christensen is that I, I don't care, you know. He's going to make the mistake, but he's, this, this kid's good. You know, he's, I think he's good. So you just get him to play through that, and, and hopefully he will learn. Of course, what you don't want is, is an example like John Stones, who... Uh, you know, was a young player with a lot of talent, but kept on making mistakes. But I don't think he, he he's learned, and it's it's no surprise that that he's been benched recently by uh, Guardiola. But I th- I th- I think Christensen's a much better player than John Stones, uh, Jonathan. So I I would stick with him, bear with him, he'll bear fruit. Yes, you have to really, um, and also there, there isn't an alternative at the moment with Louise being um, injured in quotation marks. I think uh, I think Louise is. Uh, um, hiding actually as part of the whole process of being sidelined by by Conte. Um, that's just my, Jonathan. That's very my quickly, I, yeah. I, I don't mean to. I know I butt in all the time with you, but this is there is a point to this butting in because actually I didn't script this and it's just made me think of something about this Louise thing. I you know we have to take it on faith that he is injured. Um, I I'm very interested to see that uh, Louise came on the pitch at half time and supervised some charity penalty taking thing. And he also was involved in that video beforehand with fans. He, and what I'm trying to say is that Louise is still a huge character at the club and I think really, really well liked and still very, very involved, even if he's either A, injured and therefore not able to play, or B, fallen out with Conte and prohibited from playing, neither of which we know the answer to. But it's clear that he's still a big part of the club. Well, he's, he's, a, he's Abramovich's mate, isn't he? Abramovich absolutely yeah. loves him. And he's a huge joker. And uh, um, his his influence in the dressing room isn't isn't as serious as it might be, except for that one moment where he uh, um, he and Conte had this enormous row, and uh, and I think that one of the reasons Conte similarly hasn't gone down with the, with some of the players well uh, over the last few months is because he wanted to have him transferred, and the club wouldn't have anything to do with it, um, mm. and I, that's that's once again these are rumours that I've heard. And uh, uh, I can't. Um, I can only. Well, they've been in the print media as well. And they, have indeed, that, that exact, indeed they have. Indeed, exact, indeed, exact indeed. rumor that, that that basically um, Louise will stay if Conte goes. That's you know basically yeah. what the, the press yeah. have been saying. But as I say, they're, I they're mean, unlikely you know, to sell him, particularly because he's still a. He, you know, he had a wonderful season last year and um, and 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 turned a corner for for not being the the slightly mad player who ran out of position. He was completely disciplined last year. 
And, uh, yeah, and, he was. And, and all right, he has had a knee injury, but I just think it's a very convenient excuse. And yes, he's involved with the club because he's not going to be transferred because he's part of the club's future still. And uh, to me, that oh. points towards Conte not being with us as well in the summer, just because he... he well, it's going to be... Yeah. yeah. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? And I, I just wonder if if Cahill, you know, might go and Louise might. I mean, obviously, it's like God, it's like a game of chess, isn't it? So we don't really know. I mean, one thing, one thing I would say though, Dan, is that you know he's clearly a leader, but you know, we, we, again, this is not scripted, but it's just occurred to me. It's quite interesting, actually, isn't it? Because Conte, in his in his own way, is quite an old-fashioned manager. You know, I, I get the impression he's very much my way or the highway, and. You know, like Fergie used to do. If you cross him, that was it. You were done. And uh, I wonder, I wonder if you can do that these days. And, I, and I've, I've often had discussions with people about this. About you know, Fergie actually changed towards the end of his career. I think he realised that the game had changed. Players have changed. They're all millionaires, and you just can't treat them like school kids anymore. And not only that, it's that they were huge assets. So you just couldn't like long one off because you didn't like them or had a row with them, because they were worth a lot of money to the club and the whole thing's changed. So it's an interesting contrast, isn't it? And, I mean, you know, do you think that might be an issue with Conte? Possibly, but I think, you know, ultimately he's a manager and he's got to maintain that authority. If you start kind of going back, you've had a row with somebody, you kind of lose your, you lose that authority and then somebody else has a row with Conte. You know, what would he do if he had a row with Hazard? You know, would he drop him? Would he, would he leave him on sidelines? I think it's, it's, it's a difficult one. I mean... Managers should be able to take criticism. No, he'd probably just play him as a number nine, Dan. Yeah, play, play, him, play him as a wing-back, you know, like Mourinho would do. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is that. There yeah. is always that. Um, I've forgotten that. Yeah. I'm all for, you know, ma- managing, managing the team, keeping authority. But, if, you know, surely now kiss and make up by this point. Okay, you, you know, they had a disagreement. It happens all the time in every workplace. You disagree with your manager, you get on with it, you make up. So unless the injury is genuine... And they've had, they have made up. And the fact is, he has hurt, isn't he? He can't play. I don't, I had, you know, shame we haven't got someone like Liam here who, who's at the training ground quite frequently can say if um, Louis is in full training or not. I don't know. I, I, I respect mm. Conte for standing his ground and saying, listen, I'm the manager. I have the final decision. If you don't like it, off you go. But I think I think the rumours that we're getting, and okay, I know they're rumours, but it, there's a finality about it, isn't there? I think with Conte, which, which which seems to come across, and I mean, I've been a manager, and you know, I think if you're a manager, it's your job to get the best out of everybody, and they're all different characters. You can't treat everybody the same, uh, and and it's your job to to manage the awkward bastards, and that's that's kind of the that's the job you have, uh, and you know, ultimately, it's your decision as to whether you think that they can do a job for you or not, and and I would respect Conte's view on that he works these players and and you know every day and we're not football managers but uh i personally on a personal note i i, I think the club would be a poorer place without david louise because i think he's still got something to offer um very quickly i'm just going to round this up uh by really talking about a very special actually no, i'm going to save that until we we, we talk about the trust because it was very much trust oriented um i have to mention you know i i can't remember who i think it was dan who, who said this earlier on but it's one, one of the best days i've had at chelsea for a long 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 time but predominantly actually not to do with the football at all but uh the quirk of a 5:30 kickoff meaning that i was in the pub a lot earlier than i would normally and and we had a great time before dan and uh and uh, clayton were both in the in the cock beforehand but so were the wonderful the wonderful brenda who i haven't seen for ages from atlanta blues who's absolutely lovely 
uh, and she gave me a nice shiny Atlanta Blues badge. But uh, I was e- I even uh, met uh, the lovely Danny from New York Blues. Danny's taken over from the uh, from Mike Neat, the legend that is Mike Neat, and he now runs the New York Blues. If anybody's ever been to New York when there's a game on, you know that you go to uh, um, the football factory at Legends to watch it, and that's where they base themselves. Um, so I got to meet Danny and a few of the other Yanks that were over there, and uh, they they gave me a nice shiny badge too. And I am now I got a, an honorary New York Blues membership card. I am now an honorary member of the New York Blues. So that kind of made my made my pre match, and then uh, afterwards, um, God, I mean, there's a wonderful picture, isn't there, Dan? Actually, yeah. there's a whole whole crowd of us that uh, that were in the pub, and there's a lovely picture. But I don't know if you met this this lad, but I got to meet a guy called Sam. Sam, who was a postman, yeah, uh, down in down in Beckenham, and uh, he's a big big listener to the show. Been listening to it for ages. So I had a lovely. In fact, he bought me a pint, which was very nice of him. So I, I owe you a pint when I see you again, Sam. But we we got to talk to Sam and his girlfriend Chelsea. If you're going to have a girlfriend, she's got to be called Chelsea. I approve of that. And his brother Neil. So it was a it was brilliant, brilliant, brilliant before and after, wasn't it, Dan? Oh, yeah, really, really good time. Yeah, all the nice crowd there, the Baroness Milhaven, Niles, everyone. It was really good. Lovely, lovely evening. I've got to be honest, Clayton. I mean, you know, I'm getting old and grumpy, really. But I, for me, that's what the football's all about. You know, if I if I would miss one thing about the football, it would be that before and after meeting all you lot. And we're blessed to know so many people now because we do this silly little show. And it was just, it was just superb. And I meant it. I, I was having so much fun beforehand. I thought oh, I could stay here for the whole afternoon. It'd be great, you know. And then it's like, oh, uh, the football's on. But it was great, wasn't it, Clayton? Yeah, I mean, we had the conversation in the pub. It was just basically the Crystal Palace at home on 5.30 after possibly one of our most dismal games in the last X number of years. It was not the most enticing prospect, really, was it? It was just like, oh, God, really? Oh, And then yeah. you just think... Got... Go on. No, you just think, oh, if I don't go, I'm not going to see my mates. And it's just... It, it, I mean, football's always been about mates. I mean, obviously, we're sort of massive fans, go as much as we can. But it'd be nothing if you went on your own, would it? It, just, it wouldn't be the same, sharing all those memories and just having a maybe a pint before or even not having a well, pint, just, just bumping into people that you want to see. For well, me, it's you, about you've nailed my, it, actually. It's about my butler sock with and venison pie. Yeah, yeah, well... I know. We know it's fun. We, well, we've all enjoyed that, Jonathan, so we can't knock it. But I have to say, Clayton, Clayton's nailed it there. And one of the things that's occurred to me, actually, we haven't had a, a game on a Saturday for ages. And I think maybe that has a lot to do with it. And, of course, the shiniest, brightest star, the person who we've all wanted to see for so long, because it's been so long, who entertains us royally. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I speak to him on this show a lot, but I, 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 I miss seeing him. And, of course... We all got to see Tony Glover before and afterwards. And I'm not just saying that because he's been moaning like a meerkat wanting attention on Mixler saying, but I was there too. Nobody's mentioned me. But we love Tony. And and when I see Tony, I just light up because he's got this huge barrel laugh and a very naughty look. And and for me, that's what it's all about. It's 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 You get to see your mates that you don't get to see all the time. And I think it's so special. And... Uh, you know, I think just to get a bit political about it, um, this is the worry I think about if we move away for four years. I think I worry that that might disappear a bit. How on earth do we replicate that? I mean, it's not impossible because, I mean, I've been going to the 
pub up in uh, Paddington before Wembley matches, you know, for many years, and and, and we met our mates. But I think it's, you know, you just miss seeing everybody. It was lovely. I'm getting all misty-eyed here. Goodness gracious me, what a soppy old tart I am. But no, it was great. It was great to see both Dan and Clayton, and of course Tony in the pub, and everybody else that I saw. I had an absolutely cracking before and afterwards. You all know who you are, so thank you. And uh, I I crawled in at about midnight, feeling somewhat pissed. It has to be said, but I had a great day out. It was great fun. Right, uh, in part three, we're gonna talk a little bit more about the football amazingly enough uh because we've got barcelona coming up on uh on wednesday night and uh you know it ain't gonna be easy but uh, i have a suspicion that fortune may favor the bold here but we'll talk about that after the break Chidge. jk in all the years you've been following chelsea you hardly ever miss a match home or away but how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on tv Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. Uh, I'm Stanford Chidge, and uh, this is the Chelsea Fancast. And of course, the wonderful Jonathan Kidd is here. Hello. And uh, the the marvellous Dan Silver. Oh. And uh, the ever-so-lovely Clayton Beerman. Hello. And uh, I've got a message from Stephen Moe for you, JK. He says, go for a shit, JK. I'm presuming he means in the half-time break, not now. Does that mean I'm full of shit? No, I think he said go for one, not not that you are full of it. Uh, although, that, no. I don't know. Maybe one Steve, could, can, one could maybe Steve can let us know. But I need to go for a shit because I'm full of shit to get rid of the shit. No, I think well, he I, means I because I'm, you're basically 
you said you could go away if you wanted. So he's saying if you go for a shit, you're obviously away longer. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that makes was my more point sense. earlier. That yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Thanks. All right. Steve. Uh, Thanks listen, for that quick... vote of confidence. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's all upset. Kido, kido, kido. Uh, <laughs> he's just come back. He said, "No, J.K. Time for more banter." <laughs> Lovely. Oh, there's a plug out for the podding shed. Tony Glover's uh, plugging the podding shed due this week on Thursday in a new monthly format. Tony, let me know on Mixler if you've got enough people for that. I have a suspicion I'm out on Thursday, so I might not be able to join in the fun. And I'm sorry I haven't replied to your email. I have been busy. I'm very busy at the moment. It's killing me. I need a holiday. Right. A very quick plug uh, of our own, really, for the fabulous uh, ChelseaFanCast.com website, which is... Uh, it's had a, a refurb like you wouldn't believe. It's now become turbocharged thanks to the efforts of Heon in rounding up uh, loads of new writing talent for us. There are blogs coming out of everywhere. I can't keep up. I mean, even Bonnie Rig Blues, who is a very loyal supporter of the fan cast, said on Twitter, he says he, he, he doesn't recognise it. He can't keep up with it because there are so many blogs coming out. So fair play to Heon and all the new writers. Check them all out on ChelseaFanCast.com. Right. On... This Wednesday, in two days' time, uh, Chelsea uh, have their second leg tie against Barcelona. Uh, I really enjoyed the first leg because it kind of reminded me um, we haven't had a match, a big match like that for a while. And uh, Barcelona are a big, big team. And it really got the juices flowing. And I, I mean, I don't know what Ray Wilkins was on about because I thought the atmosphere was cracking. As befits a match of this calibre, um, sadly, I have neither the time or money to be able to go out uh, to the Camp Nou uh, to go and see Chelsea play Barcelona. But of course, we've got ver- loads of mates who are. They're all pumped and very excited. A lot of them are already on, are out there. Um, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And it's got a real history and tradition about it, this fixture, I think. Um, and of course, it's wonderfully poised at one all. I mean, I know that in many senses that 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 would perhaps be advantage to Barcelona, but who knows? I've got I've got to be honest. I think we have to go for it, J.K. You know, I don't think, you know, I think Barcelona. You can get at them. They are not the team they were. They don't have much pace in the midfield or at the back. And I think we should we should have a go at them. You know, and and I think I think a lot of this for me has been. Uh, brought brought to bear because of what happened against City. What I don't want to see is just to 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 just try and hang on and limply limply play them and then end up losing one nil. You know, I think shit or bust. I really do, and that's not like me, Jonathan. As you know, I'm far more level headed about this kind of thing. But I have a feeling we need to go for it. Yes, I'm not convinced, Chidge, that that's the way forward with it. Because uh, well, that's I'm eager to hear that because I realise that's just me. You know, well, that's I, just my view. So they're, they're not as good as City, and we did have a completely pusillanimous um, attitude towards City in that game. Whereas the uh, the, the Barcelona game um, the week before, we'd actually been uh, a few days before, we'd actually been um, very good at playing the false nine. Uh, because they're not, they're, they didn't play it. They didn't deal with it very well. It's a question of whether they then attempt to uh, presume that we are going to be playing with Hazard as the false nine, um, uh, because it allowed William to uh, to perform brilliantly, or whether he then thinks, well, actually this time we'll play uh, we'll play a centre forward. But um, I think it would it, it his his cautious get them on the break um, way of playing. I think suits playing against Barcelona better. Just because they're not, they're more vulnerable, and I think we'll play with more attitude of coming away on the break. Um, 
it's it's just a question of uh, whether Hazard plays the, the, the kind of false nine we had against City, which is where the ball is booted up and he aimlessly goes for it, or whether he's more involved as he was in the, in the game at the bridge. Um, I don't think it's in his nature to go for it. He is an Italian manager and uh, I think he will uh, sit back as before. Um, and I think he'll play a very similar team to the one that we had against them in the first place. I think he'll play Rudiger and um, uh, Christensen and Cahill. I just don't know whether is Moses still injured or was it? Uh, he was. A, it was a tactical thing, wasn't it, the other day? He was on the bench than, on Saturday. He was on the bench. That's right. Rather than playing, uh, I still think he's better than Zappacosta, though. Um, Zappacosta was a bit better against Palace, but uh, I think Moses has, uh, despite his. Uh, Recent ability not to be uh, centering. I think um, I think he had a good game against Barcelona. Perversely, um, he did. They, I think he scares them a bit. Actually, I think that we scare Barcelona a bit. To be fair, but I think yeah. picking up on Jonathan's point, Dan, um, you know, Jonathan's got a point. He, re- I mean, he always has, but particularly here, I think, because you know, I know we can sit here and moan about the fact that uh, Hazard doesn't like playing as a nine. Forget the false nine. He doesn't like playing as a nine. and He's not really very good at it. But the reality is, in the home leg, uh, we played um, Hazard up on his own, let's say, and we really should have come away with a 3-0 win. So you could argue that actually, technically, it worked against this Barcelona side. So you can actually see the sense in, in Conte doing it again. Yeah. It's a different dynamic though, because it's Barca don't need to score, so they could quite easily just sort of knock it about for ninety minutes. We they could park the bus, three... mate, couldn't they? Yeah, they could just pass <laughs> around for ninety minutes and not really worry about it. We, we, yeah, we could sit back for sixty minutes, soak up some pressure, then go for the breakaway. We only need one goal, you know, potentially to, to go through. We need, we we know we need to score. That's the minimum expectations. Now we could. It's, di- it's difficult. I, I play Giroud because I don't think, think their defence is that good. Um, they don't like it up, up, up and at them, do they? These, um, you know, they don't. They don't, like... they don't like them up, up Mr. Mannering. They don't like it up, up. A big. Don't panic. Yeah, a big, hard, aggressive centre forward, just giving something to think about with Hazard winning off. I think he'll go. I think he'll set up the same way he did for the home leg, but I think he'll make a change soon if we haven't scored. As long as we can keep, you know, keep it tight. You know, don't let a goal in early. I think we've got a chance. If we score first, I think we'll win. Confident of that, because then we can really sit back and defend, which we, we can do very well when we're on our form. You know, and football's a funny game. You know, going back to City, had we come away with a 1 1 or 0 0, you know, the narrative would have been very, very different. It would have been, you know, a gritty defensive performance. So it's all, you know, it's all about fitting narratives and agendas of various different people. I'm, I think he'll go with, you know, Hazard, William, Pedro for the first 60 minutes, see how the game goes in, perhaps bring on Giroud. Just yeah, that. it's interesting, isn't it? I think a lot of it depends on actually Pedro because he's, sh- he's been shocking recently. Yeah. He really, really has. I mean, actually, he was good in the Barca game, to be yeah. fair to him, but I think he was shocking against City. Um, Clayton, would, would you? What would you do? Would you? Would you kind of try try what we tried almost successfully in the home leg again, or would you say no? Let's let's just stick. Uh, Hazard and William, you know, kind of slightly behind or either side of Giroud. I I think it's a really difficult. I, I think it's a huge dilemma. The one thing I wouldn't do is I wouldn't do Barcelona's job for them, and I wouldn't basically completely negate Hazard by playing him as a false nine or a proper nine because he's wasted. I mean, everybody has lauded the the whole home leg thing. 
which is fine. But I just think, you know, your best player on the park, you just, you cancel him out. You've got to play him in the best position. You know, he's, exactly. he's basically, yeah. I mean, the Man City thing, I'll just write off. I mean, that was just a, not a bad day at the office. That was the worst day at the office. But against Barcelona, I mean, you said we should have been 3 0 up. Well, really? I mean, I, yeah, we hit the Yeah, we, because we, William hit the post twice. Well, first one I think would have gone in, the second one I'm not so sure. But but that's all we created. We didn't create anything. I mean, we. I want to put them under pressure because the point was that every time we ran at them, they panicked. They basically panicked. Yeah. They fouled us or we got through. We are just, you know, by, by isolating Hazard, we're taking that away. And I think we should play. I, I mean, Pedro has been woeful this season I think he's been absolutely bloody awful and I, I I think that he'll get hit because he played for Barcelona I think Conte will pick him and I think that's a huge mistake my one major concern is our midfield because I don't well, think you can go to right. the new camp absolutely right the pitch is about I don't know how much bigger it is than our pitch it's huge we cannot go there and have Fabregas and can't take. Totally agree, mate. You know, I I'd play drink water if it means not playing. Well, here's the, the Clayton. Clayton, would you? Because I agree with that. I've actually, as you know, because I yeah. wrote down who I would pick, yeah. and I would go four, three, four, three. Yeah. But I would have drink water and Kante in the middle, and Alonso and Moses either side, effectively. But I wouldn't play Har- Har- Fabregas because I don't think he has the legs, and I don't think he can tackle. And I think Dan's point and Jonathan's point earlier on. Is that we've got a bloody win? You know, we've got to get the ball. If you know, if we don't have ball winners in there, it doesn't matter how many goals we score effectively because we won't be able to get the, the ball to score. So I agree with that. But would you play three in midfield? Yes, or two, three. So who would you play then? Uh, I basically play William. You've got drink water and Kante. I, who else William would you play? Bakayoko. No, I. Well, I'm not. I'm not opposed to playing Bakayoko because if you think about it. As much grief as he's got, you know, Bakayoko's best performances have been in big games. He was great against Tottenham when he wasn't fit. He was great against Atletico Madrid. Um, great's probably an exaggeration, but he was very and, good. And boss, winger, and boss winger played in the Champions League final and got a winner's medal, mate. Never yeah, forget I that. mean, the, the fact is that he's another... Look at the shit he used to get. He's another body. And I I would... i pack the midfield. I, I, I mean, it's... I think the, the the problem that we've got is that Conte is so wedded to the five at the back. I mean, why not play four? Why not play a proper defence? You know, just play a four solid without wing backs. Maybe play a four three three. I know it's not going to happen, um, but I'm just my major concern. I think our midfield's been pretty poor this season, and I think this is where we could lose it. Um, if we, if well, we I, I, I share that concern. And stop them. Um, I mean, you know, one, one thing that, sorry to go on a bit, but one thing that did actually work with our wing-backs is the fact that we negated Jordi Alba in that first game because they were worried well, about Moses. Say, that's why you can't, yeah, but that's why you can't play four at the back, mate, yeah, because no, you've I, got to play yeah, wing-backs I'm, I'm to oppose their wing-backs. So, yeah, yeah but I, I definitely pack, I pack the midfield. Mm-hmm. All right. Um you know, Dan, well, actually, Jonathan, sorry, Dan, I just want to pick uh, Jonathan's brains about this because I think the referee will be very key to this. Now, from what Matt Jazz tells me on Twitter, 
Uh, it's a Slovenian guy called Skomina. I know nothing about him other than the fact that he's refereed five Chelsea games so far in the Champions League, of which we have won one, drawn two and lost two. But, I mean, you know, we have a real issue playing Barcelona where we invariably get somebody sent off, usually at the Camp Nou. Um, having said that, Barcelona have never beaten us when we've had 11 men on the pitch. So, you know, there is a, there is a, you know... I think it's absolutely prerequisite that the referee has a decent game and we don't get anybody sent off. I think we get somebody sent off with toast. I think the all the he's obviously just only refereed us um, when we've been playing away, hasn't he? Um, I don't know. I know nothing about him to be honest. Um, I think Alonso is the uh, the most likely. He's the most at risk, um, just because he he uh, he's one of the most athletic and seems to get involved in. Uh, um, uh, getting tackles in that just p- pinch the ball, and uh, all it needs is one of them to roll over very um, dramatically, and uh, him to answer back. Yeah. And, and uh, Morata won't get on, I hope, um, unless we're losing. And he puts uh, he puts both Morata and Juru on. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, it's very it, I, the manager's never going to say this is a specific referee. I know you've got to be careful. But um, but yes, we have to be careful with uh, with all referees in uh, uh, in the Camp Nou, um, just because also because Barcelona are one of the of UEFA's favoured teams. So uh, mm. you, know, you never know whether the referee's been given a, a word in his ear to favour Barcelona. Um, controversial, controversial, but probably true, but, but very possible um, from previous experience. All right, look, okay, time to, you know, put our cocks on the block, as they say. Uh, Dan, what, how do you think it's going to go? Are we going to get a result here or what? My heart says 2-1. That says it all. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good noise. Yeah, my heart says 2-1. My head says uh, we'll go out 2-0. Stay mm, quite, quite there yet. All right. Uh, Clayton, what about you, mate? Uh, no. We're not going to do it. No. The the, the main no. reason why we're, we're not going to do it is because we haven't got any leaders. I don't see anybody pushing us. That's that's the, the main reason, sadly. Including the manager now, I think. I don't think the manager has it to, oh, uh, he's just, to make them work. Yeah. yeah. Don't disagree. I've got to be that. honest, chaps. I mean, I... I, I uh, Jonathan, I mean, I, I'm presuming you're, you're. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Ask you. Do you, do you think? You, do you think we can do it? Um, uh, I, it depends. I think how scared Barcelona are of us. I think if we have a lucky goal early on, I think they'll freak out actually, um, because we are a bogey team for them. So we have got that in our favour. But uh, on current form and the uh, the approach of the manager, I think we're going to lose easily. Hmm. God, that's, this is all depressing. I, you know what? I have to be honest with you. I have no idea. I really don't, because I think I think that we I think the I think the Barcelona do have a mental problem with us. You know, I mean, our record against them is better than probably anybody else in Europe. I would I would say, and I genuinely believe anything can happen. I really do. Uh, and I mean, I th- I tell you what. You know, if if. If we've still got a game like we played against Atletico in September in us, then I think we can do it. If we play like we did then, if we've got that kind of a game in us, I think we can do it. 
And if you remember that that game, that was we won that literally in the dying embers. And I think it, it might end up like that, but uh, I I generally have no idea. It's just going to be huge. That I do know. Um, but uh, we shall see. All will be revealed on Wednesday night. And uh, me and the wonderful Kerry Dixon will be talking all about it on Thursday. And then uh, me, Jonathan and Clayton will be talking all about it again on Friday night on lovesportradio.com. So uh, check us out then and we'll be either commiserating or we'll be absolutely massively, massively massively excited because it'll be a big win if we do it because i don't think i don't think a lot of people are giving us much of a chance but there you go right okay i'm going to move on chaps to the pluggery because uh we've been waffling on about the bars again quite rightly a lot to talk about with that uh and first there's a wonderful mate of ours i don't i don't know who, if he's actually listening in mixler tonight but he quite often is there's a lovely guy called paul burgess uh and anyways uh, paul's son ben is off to Tanzania or Tanzania if you prefer in 2019 for a charity charity trip very easy for me to say not a uh, charity trip uh, that they're desperately trying to raise as much money as possible for him to go and one of the ways is through the easy fundraising page and they're asking if uh, anybody could uh, kindly download the link that I'll give you in a minute uh, so that every time you make a purchase online, if the company is associated with the easy fundraising, they'll they'll get a percentage uh, off the commission to Ben's cause. It doesn't cost anything for anybody. It's absolutely free. You just have to register it. And it would really help, and it's an easy way of fundraising. And uh, the instructions are all, uh, you know, automatic once you... Uh, you go to this link, which is easyfundraising.org.uk forward slash causes forward slash Ben Burgess, which is B-U-R-G-E-S-S. 2019 forward slash um we'll try and put that on on twitter as well paul and uh maybe he on while he, if he's listening still can like grab grab that or i might put the link up in a minute for you if i can anyway uh if you could do that it'd be great and he's paul says thanks chich everything and anything will help uh we're going to be organizing a few events as well like a race night an 80s disco i presume that's a, a disco set in the 1980s not for 80 year olds although one could argue both would be appropriate perhaps but uh uh, and also a six-a-side football tournament, which I'll be incapable of playing in. Uh, apparently his wife also plans to climb a few mountains. Whether that's related to the charity thing or not, I do not know. But uh, brilliant stuff. Paul's a lovely bloke, so do help people if you can. Uh, right, now, Chelsea Supporters Trust, as you know, uh, I am the chairman of. And Dan is on the uh, on the board as well. And uh, we work bloody hard to try and uh, get the, the fans' voice heard or the supporters' voice heard. Uh, but Saturday was a very special day because, of course, it was Chelsea's 113th birthday. And the ever so wonderful uh, Cliff Auger, who's been a mainstay of the board since we started uh, started the trust. Uh, Auger, and he does all the, you know, he's the guy who's behind all the Brompton Cemetery cleanups. But he's worked very hard all year to uh, have what we call a Founders Day. Because, of course, uh, the 10th of March is the day that Chelsea uh, Football Club were founded in 1905. And there are lots of Chelsea-related graves, not least uh, the Mears family. And, of course, it was the Mears family who uh, who started Chelsea Club going. So, basically, we organised a day in Brompton Cemetery with Rick Glanville, Chelsea's official historian, doing a, a wonderful tour of all of the Chelsea-related graves. And, uh, and then we laid a wreath, uh, a Chelsea Supporters Trust wreath, on the Mears graves. And uh, Bruce Buck was there, the chairman of Ch- current chairman of Chelsea. He laid a wreath from the club as well. 
great turnout loads of old faces there lots of friends there it was a fantastic tour and a lovely and a lovely little ceremony i hope that we we do that every year but it was it was really lovely there's been some good press about it if you keep your eyes skinned i think there was something in the chelsea website so there we go so well done to all of those involved and particular thanks to rick and cliff and of course debs who works very hard with them it was very good dan i i, I don't think you you managed to make it did you or, or no unfortunately not no i can't remember no it was a cracker Hopefully it'll become a thing because I think uh, it went down very, very well. Right, uh, on, on that very note, I mean, as I said, do join the Trust. Uh, it's a great way to uh, get your voice heard. We do our best to represent you to the club as frequently as we can. Uh, but it's absolutely free to join up to be a member. Uh, just go to the website, chelseasupporterstrust.com. Uh, but if you if you want a nice shiny badge and you want to be able to vote and attend our meetings, then you pay £5, OK? Uh, but it's all it's all at the same place, at chelseasupporterstrust.com. Uh, I am hoping that we will get uh, another special general meeting soon, but it, because of the way the fixtures pan out, it's getting harder and harder and harder, which is a problem we need to address. But uh, we'll keep you posted. Also, follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. Uh, and of course, closely allied to the efforts that we have with the trust is, of course, the Chelsea pitch owners. And if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea, protect the future of the club. Go and buy a share in the CPO, and uh, they will. Uh, their aim is to make sure that Chelsea remain playing football at Stamford Bridge forever and ever and ever. Amen. Uh, all you have to do is go to info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out Chelsea's uh, main website and just follow the links to Chelsea Pitch Owners. Follow them on Twitter at Pitch Owners, uh, and they've recently reduced the shares to £25. They used to be 100 now they're £25, so uh, it's a lot easier to, or affordable to go and buy a share. Uh, even more affordable, of course, Dan and Clayton and Jonathan, is the CFC UK. How much is it, Clayton? Only a pound. Hurry up, yep. The old CFC UK fanzine. The greatest value Chelsea thing that you can buy. Uh, only a pound, as Clayton says. Now, the new one's been out for a while. I, I I had so much fun in the pub, I never made it to the stall this week. So hopefully Marco has saved me a copy, because I haven't had my copy yet. But uh, if you want a copy, all you have to do is you go to the stall, which is opposite the Fulham Broadway tube exit, uh, and uh, go and say hello to Marco, DJ, people like that. Uh, if you can't come to a game, then obviously you can still get it by uh, subscribing online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the USA, you can follow at CFC UK USA, and then you can find out how to get it if you're in the States. Or contact Dan Lundberg, who is D Lundberg, at D Lundberg underscore. So there you go. Now, uh, final plug for us, and uh, many people have done this, for which we love you profusely. I've even had some uh, very good suggestions in my email inbox this week about what we can do for our Patreon uh, subscribers and I will, I will get my little brain working on that as soon as I can although it might be a while because I am very busy at the moment but uh, if you want to support us a bit like the old CFC UK it's only a pound for a, a copy of the CFC UK so we do four shows a month so chuck in five dollars to Patreon and you've pretty much done the same thing no pressure at all it's up to you um, it's just a little bit of a way to say thank you we like what you're doing and here's a bit of support um, all you have to do is go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And uh, yes, I'm gonna, I am gonna. have an idea about what I might do with some of that loot, but I'll save that for another time. Right, in uh, coming up, in part four, our final part, we've got loads, and I mean loads of emails. So strap yourself in, make a cup of tea, put your slippers on, and wait for Jonathan to read them out. It'll be great. See you in a sec. 
fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And of course, we have the wonderful, wonderful Clayton Beerman. Hello. Uh, we have the equally wonderful Dan Silver. Hello. And uh, last, by no means least, we have Mr. Jonathan Kidd, whose part this is. Hello. Lovely. We're all core Great stuff. Right now, uh, we've got loads of emails to uh, to read out. So. Um, as I said, strap yourself in because Jonathan's got a lot of work to do. Jonathan, take it away. And the first one, Chidge, is he Ben Temshin or Ben Temshine? Or, uh, I've no ben, idea. You know, let's say Temshin. Now, um, I've got to do a few accents for this because uh, um, he's American and he's got a Scouse friend, I think. So bear with me, okay? And he goes, I wanted to, I won't keep the American accent going all the way, but he says, I wanted to start this email with a verbatim text message conversation I have with a friend from work after the United game. He's a scouser, and this is what he wrote. You guys are terrible. Yeah, the year after we win the title, we are terrible all six times. Same with us after our five European Cups, smiley face. Ha, huh. so you heard about those seasons from your grandfather. Father. Exactly, and the 18 league titles. I'd love to see some of those games. Are any of the games on YouTube, or do you have to order them on VHS? Betamax. The last one might be on Laserdisc, but Istanbul is on YouTube. Oh yeah, we were fucking shit. This exchange inspired me to write, because five years ago it would have made no sense to me. I wasn't a blue and knew nothing about professional football at all. I knew and loved the sport, though. I grew up in the 80s in the American soccer mecca, Columbia, Maryland, a suburb filled with soccer fields. The only place we saw baseball diamonds or American football fields was at high schools. And as a kid, I didn't really know anyone who played those sports. Everyone I knew growing up played soccer all year round. We played on neighborhood and travel teams in spring and fall, indoor soccer through the winter went to soccer camps in the summer and then came home and played pickup games in the open fields behind our houses but there was no soccer on tv one of my earliest memories was sitting way 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 up high in rfk stadium watching the new york cosmos uh, cosmos play the washington diplomats presumably that means i saw pele play but he was just a name but the oldest i was five the only time we ever saw soccer on TV growing up was during the World Cup and then only on Univision, and I didn't speak Spanish. The best soccer players I knew could hope for was a scholarship to a college powerhouse like the University of Virginia. I'd heard that like football and baseball teams, there were professional soccer teams in Europe, but I probably couldn't have named a single one into my mid-teens. In Colombia, our soccer heroes were our own age or a year or two older. Then I blew out my knees. 16 years of playing soccer nonstop made running so painful. I left the sport and became a fanatic bicycle racer and found, to my surprise, an American hero in Europe, Greg Lemond. 
There was only room in my mid-teens for one weird European sports obsession, and soccer drifted into the background, revived when the World Cup came to the US in 1994. I saw eventual finalists, Italy, draw with Mexico, Spain smash Switzerland, and that worldy Saudi forward Saeed al-Awarian score against Belgium, and the Olympics in 1996. I have the ticket stub for Argentina versus Portugal, but I have no memory of the game. And then... Sounds like me, JK. <laughs> and then nothing. The MLS started up while I was living and working overseas after college. And then I moved to San Francisco, where the nearest team was a million miles away. Well, an hour and a half away in San Jose. But might as well have been the moon. I wasn't going to. And I drifted into a kind of media fandom of American football, a cultural juggernaut and a sport that I grew up watching with my dad. To be blunt, it was a loveless marriage. It may have gone on forever like loveless marriages can, but there was a rupture. A horrible man bought the team I grew up supporting, a team with such a racist nickname it got harder and harder to say. Think if Mike Ashley or Ellis Short bought Chelsea instead of Roman and you have a sense of how much I hated this owner. And then they got a lovely player, Robert Griffin III, to play quarterback and destroyed him within 18 months. The sport wrecked him like it had so many before, chewed him up, smashed his knees, and I had enough. I divorced the team and the sport, tossed my jersey in the trash, and haven't watched a game since. Not even a Super Bowl. I don't care. Fuck them and the miserable billionaire, militaristic, <laughs> brain-destroying, faux-patriotic lot of them. Just as I was ditching American football, the 2014 World Cup started and I was hooked all over again. I watched as many matches as I could and I was genuinely sad when it ended. And then I remembered it's 21st century America. I bet I can find football, real football, the kind you play with your feet, as easy as anything else. I just needed to pick a team to support. But which team? Which league? I've been to Parc des Princes and seen PSG play when I've been in Paris in 2012. Should I support them? I'd no idea if they're any good. I'd no idea about anything. And I didn't want to find out. I wanted to pick blindly, not based on how good or bad a team was, because that is the stupidest possible reason to pick a tribe. I wanted to pick a tribe blindly, irrationally, the way you got your team, because it was where you grew up. At the time, I was working in a restoration carpentry shop. And my boss, Simon, was English from Whitehaven, way up north, but had moved to London. Me and Simon became close friends. And one Saturday, Simon invited me over to his house to watch a match. Flying over his porch was a Chelsea flag. I figured if I'd be watching games and talking about them, I'd rather be talking about and watching games with friends than by myself. So I decided there on his porch to be a Chelsea fan and not look back. I sat down, opened a beer and asked him if we, it was already we after two minutes, if we were any good. Had I chosen a life of suffering or a life of ticker tape parades? Well, 2014 was a pretty fucking fun year to be a Chelsea fan for the first time. But I would have supported them even if they had been a championship side, because that is what I wanted. Skin in the game, a crest to bellow about, good news or bad. It just turned out that in the crapshoot that could have ended with me supporting Arsenal, Stoke or Leeds, I scored Chelsea. 
Would it have been more fun to have nailed the colours to the mast two years before? Sure, but still, that last championship run under Mourinho, when Drogba, Lamps, Terry and Czech were together for the last time and were joined by the likes of Hazard and Thibaut, that was a pretty great team to wander into. And 2015 was an, an, an equal lesson, a good smack in the mouth to introduce that other essential truth about Chelsea. We aren't Real Madrid or United. Excellence is not guaranteed. If you just want endless superiority or even an endless ride in fourth place, you are in the wrong corner of London. Through it all was the fan cast. You seem to mirror the team with your dizzying rise to the TV broadcast with Glamour Girl, Rose, and your tumble back down to the mid-tableness of Mixer. <laughs> but I didn't Cheeky care. son of a bitch. I loved it. I never <laughs> missed a pod, even if I can't listen live as much as I'd like. I'm Benny the Blue. It's and I Benny do. the Blue! It's especially in my early days when I knew nothing, the fan cast was what helped me quickly graduate from newcomer to educated supporter. I have to give special thanks for the chant of the match and celery moment. You trained me in the culture of the terraces I'd never seen. I felt for a few hours each week like I was a local. And I began showering my boys, now five and nine, with Chelsea swag, hats, kits, pyjamas, teaching them the names of the players and watching games with them. Saturday and Sunday mornings, when Chelsea came to the glorified friendly tournament in the US that Chidge and Jonathan moaned so much about, <laughs> we drove the hour and a half in our <laughs> Chelsea Blues with some friends and cheered deliriously when they beat our friend's beloved Barcelona on penalties. They will have what I didn't, a lifelong membership in the tribe of the only team in London with a European Cup and the joy that only comes from smashing spurs. It's only been a handful of seasons, but that still means I've spent hundreds of hours with you lot, down in my workshop, running, on the bike, skateboarding along the Potomac, or in the car shuttling my boys around town. I even grew to accept Chidge's leering comments about the admittedly irresistible Sophie Rose. I much prefer the tone of slight tremor of fear and admiration in his voice when the pod is blessed by the gin-soaked <coughs> gin appearance of Miss Alexandra Churchill. Between the fan cast, Mark Worrell's books, the tirelessly good work of the boys at We Ain't Got No History, and the all-football, all-the-time satellite radio station, Sirius XM F.C. I'm perfectly, irrationally, where I am supposed to be. I won't even wear my favourite pair of old red vans when I get on my skateboard anymore. So long may the fan cast continue bringing the world to SW6. Up the channels. With love and gratitude, Benny the Blue, Washington, D.C. P.S. Since I'm speaking to the rest of the world, I just want to apologise to the world for the president. I didn't vote for the fuckwit... <laughs> And I work every day to make sure he can do no more harm than he's already done. My two wishes are that we smash Barcelona and win the Champions League and that Trump and his merry family spend a fair bit of the rest of their lives in jail. <laughs> fake Brilliant. news, Benny. Fake news. Brilliant. And the, uh, Brilliant. May I say that the, the bit about the red bands, you're not wearing them because obviously they're they're red and United is something red. I yeah. share completely. There is no red anywhere. Yeah. 
in my house or anything that I nope. wear. And my daughter came back the other day you know with, a red, with a pair of red shoes and I've banned them from the house. I've banned them. Jonathan, that's... Br- yeah. Do you know what, Jonathan? In all the years I've known you, I never knew that. And do you know what? What? There is nothing... Re- I, I, know, I, own, I own nothing in red as well for exactly the same reason. And even my wife knows that red is banned in the house yeah. and we have a red door... And I've been moaning at her for years. Get the fucking door painted blue. I will not have this red door. Yeah. Clayton, do you have a, anything red in the house? Not a thing. Not a thing. No. Dan? Um, well, I'm just in my wife's study. She's got red folders. That's oh, right. Dan! Oh, burn them. Burn yeah, them. Dan. You can't have anything red in the house. Even though there is it's a, the rule, oh, isn't it? A, I'm, I'm sorry, a little bit of red in the bag. There's a bit of red in the badge and a bit of yellow, but nonetheless, it cannot be. Still, cannot have anything red in the house. Been the ketchup as well. Yeah, you must. Yeah, you must. definitely. Well, I've given it up. Yeah, as a yeah. Well, that's, we're not allowed to eat it anymore because we're, we're athletes. You know, the hydrogenated fat in it doesn't sugar. work either. Actually, so the syrup doesn't work. No, either. there is that. Yeah. Mate, that's a fantastic email, wasn't it? Oh, what an amazing, what amazing a, email. What Benny a journey! What a journey! Oh, fantastic! Brilliant. Brilliant. Typical of uh, of uh, of um, um, supporters not present in the you know in, in the country or in London. It's just fantastic the way that they will just get to see every game, and the, that's the advantage, as he says, of the twenty first century. It's just brilliant. You can still be right. a a really hard nosed, fantastic supporter, no matter where you are in the world. It's brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Jonathan, I'm getting a lot of pressure from Mixler to say a collective happy birthday to Didier Drogba, which I believe I have now just done. Yes, indeed, absolutely, well done. Yeah, and um, and no no booing of Bakayoko, please. That's another one thing to me. No booing of Bakayoko, and also hello to Yarin Levy, in case we forget. Yes, absolutely. Um, email two, Nick Blakely. Dear Chidge and the boys, I wanted to tell you and the boys what a wonderful job I think you do on the podcast. Bravo, thank you. I haven't been listening for a very long time, but from the moment I started, I knew I had found a gem. I've come to live vicariously through hearing your stories of supporting Chelsea and watching fan channels. I learned about the podcast through Sophie Rose and Rory Jennings from CFC Fan TV. You might have seen me in the Mixler chat as I've just joined in on the fun. Anyways, I thought I'd tell you lot how I fell in love with the Blues. I haven't been a Chelsea supporter for very long. I only started watching in the 2013-14 season when NBC Sports bought the TV rights to the Premier League. The only club I really knew of was Man United, because they won everything. But I just didn't want to follow them. Then I heard of a team called Chelsea, and a love affair was born. I wanted to learn everything I could about this club, and I loved everything to do with Chelsea. The area of London, the fans, and the history of the club. As funny as that sounds, it was strange that I came to love the game so much, because I was really the only one in my family that even liked football. Our version of football gets most of the attention, obviously. I guess I was so interested in Chelsea because I wanted a connection with England. My mum's and dad's families both came from England, so that's why I fell in love with the English game as much as I did. Thank you for doing this podcast, and keep up the good work. Maybe one day we can have a pint together in the cock. Up the Chelsea. P.S. I know this is absolutely disgraceful, but I was wondering if you guys could follow me on on Twitter. I'm at CFC Nicholas, spelled N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S. CFC Nicholas. Cheers. And I can exclusively reveal that I do follow Nicholas because I read that email the other week. Uh, so we should all go and follow Nicholas. And there's another good reason because, as uh, Heon reminded me, not that he needed to because I remember, but Nicholas is one of our new writers. 
Brilliant. So thank you, Nick, yeah. and Brilliant. great blog last week, and hope there are many more. Yeah, just Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, good. Email three. Jay Weston. Dear Chidge and the gang, wow, our performance last night versus City made me write this. What has happened to us after a good start versus United and then a limp second half and Christensen showing he's human and four times in three games, all leading to goals. My major concern is Conte and his mindset. Do we think he's just given up or is it Conte's revenge, making us look as limited as possible to highlight the board's ineptitude to back him and the squad's inability to adapt to different types of games? My view is he's just gone in his mind and he's going through the motions of finishing the season. Fifth seems safe, not a disaster, but no need to fight. Our game yesterday just needed a centre-forward and a fight from a few players. Where was the big tackle on Silva or De Bruyne? Oh, for a Dennis Wise or Vinnie Jones to let them know we're there. Pep has ruined the league for me. £550 million for 902 passes and a few shots and 80% possession. I can't stand him and his teams and his whiny attitude like a spoilt rich kid who must get his own way. No St. David flower for him, but still a defiant yellow ribbon whilst working and taking the golden coin from a country which doesn't respect liberty, freedom, equal rights or democracy and fair trial. Hypocrite. But what should we do about Moses? A success last year but a shambles this year no end product a winger who can't beat a man unless he's got the overlap on him and a wing back who defends and passes poorly between pillar and post not good as anything pedro what did he do yesterday no decent passes no good runs not even spiteful little tackles as normal and william came off first fabregas not so fab some passes were just so bad i winced overall one of the poorest displays I've seen. I honestly disconnected about after about 20 minutes and the result was a blessing compared to our effort. Hazard was pissed off. Conte decided his future in that 80 minutes display. No new contract signing there. He'll go and I give him my blessing. We've played him about six times in that role and I can't remember if, if, if ever working for a whole game. He's a star he, who cares, but the love is dwindling as it did with, with Jose. But if he goes, thank you, Eden, your goal versus Arsenal and your league-winning rebound off the penalty versus Palace will always stay strong in my memory. Where next for us? Go all out for the FA Cup? Introduce youth for more games? Play two up front? Who next for us? Enrique, Enrique Ancelotti, Simeone, a and other. I'd want Simeone, fits our template, a fiery dog who can upset the balance and doesn't suffer fools. We'll probably get Tuchel, a failure. I know I sound down, but God, that game yesterday emphasised just how limited we've become this season. We need to rewrite ourselves and give the fans the fight and desire back. I didn't see it yesterday, and I want my team to care, to fight, and to show little respect to opposition, not too much. Long live the pride of JT, the toughness of Ron Harris, the skills of Clive Walker, the humility of Zola, the doggedness of Wise, the fight of Drogba and the finesse of Lamps. That's what I want from my team. True Blue, Jay. Blimey. 
he ranted there. I would say so. Can I just say that okay. email was very good. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. That was a sort of very much how I'm feeling at the moment. A bit frustrated, mm. sort of, you know, like Conte to be a bit more on it and a bit more positive rather than sort of look like he's just biding his time till the end of the season. But there we go. Hello. Yeah, I, look. You're back, are you? We were just kind of finishing up talking about Jay's email, saying, you know, I, I like it when people get off their time off their, uh, their time, get get things off their chest. Why the hell not? Um, this is hilarious, Jonathan, from Nate, if you're able to read it. Yeah, I'll read it, yeah. Um, this is from Nate Piacentino. Greetings and salutations from Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. I just wanted to say once again how happy I am that I discovered podcasts. Listening to the fan cast is something I look forward to every week. However, I may be skipping a few segments this week because, because I just want to pretend the game against City never happened. <clears throat> I genuinely feel sorry for you, lads, knowing that you have to rehash that gutless display. On the other hand, <laughs> you're all consummate professionals, and I'm sure you'll find a silver lining somewhere. We didn't actually, Nate. I don't think we did it ever anywhere. Personally, no, we, were mis- we were miserable. We were completely. My silver lining comes from the bookie. Don't judge me, but a few years back, I started putting money on the opponent when Chelsea plays in a big game. It's called the happiness hedge. That way, even if we lose, at least I can still make a couple of bucks. Now, I do not advocate gambling, and it may be bad karma to bet against your team. Also, it really doesn't take that much sting away from the defeat, but at least you'll have more beer money to drown your sorrows. Furthermore, when we do win those big games, you're in too good of a mood to care about losing the money. Gamble responsibly, friends. Cheers, Nate. Very good. Very good. A very good idea. Quality, mate. Uh, yeah, I, I concur with that, I have to say. And I just want to, because there's a bit of mixlerage going on, and Tony's got the hump about the other email from Jay. And I know what you mean, Tony, but look... We get we get the opportunity after a, a shitty display to go and moan like stink down the pub, and then we have a few drinks, and then we forget all about it. And in a similar vein, we get the chance to do that on the podcast. Some people don't get that chance, and their only chance is to have a right old rant via an email to us. So I might not agree with it either, but I I, I can't disagree with the anger and the passion. And I'm sure you would agree with that tone. And in fact, I think he is. So I'm, I'm not trying to beat Tony up here, but. I'm just kind of fleshing that point out a bit. Right, What my plan is this, Jonathan, is we read Michael's email and then that'll be it for the emails because the other two are hugely long and I want to go to sleep tonight. So <laughs> I'll save those for the week after, yeah? Good stuff. This is from Michael Clark. Hi. Hearing a lot of noise online and in the media that Chelsea are doomed and are a shadow of the team that won the league last season. I can see a lot of parallels with another doomed season. Knocked out of the League Cup by another top 16, progressing through to the final stages of the FA Cup. Had to beat Barcelona to progress through the Champions League. Manchester City won the league. We finished below Tottenham, but still denied them entry to the Champions League. We had an Italian manager that the supporters were behind. We had a misfiring Spanish striker. I am, of course, referring to the magic of 2012. So put your money on Chelsea to beat Barcelona away via Bakayoko, chipping the keeper, and Maraca <laughs> scoring after running half the pitch by himself and sending Gary Neville into a quivering mess in commentary. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Then Cahill to get sent off in the semi-final for booting someone in the back. Courtois and Hazard 
put in incredible performances, including saving pens and scoring the decisive penalty before leaving the club. Cahill comes down from the stands in full kit to lift the Champions League trophy. <laughs> we then sack Conte at West Brom <laughs> and bring in Brendan Rodgers as interim manager. Get knocked out in the group stages of the Champions League and win the Checker Trade trophy. I joke, but we have a good run in and have done it before. Come on, you Chelsea, Mike. Carefree in the Antipodes. Very good. Yeah, it was a great way to end it, actually, on a, on a positive note. And I kind of like the way that it, it, it kind of conflates with Nate's uh, email before, uh, you know, by we, we could have a bet on that, and uh, you never know. I mean, let's hope so, hey? We'll find out on Wednesday, and that's the, that's the thing of it. Uh, right, Jonathan, as always, you were brilliant. Um, to- I've got, we've got two more emails that I will read out next week. So we've got Tommy Milos, Milos and Dan Thorne, one from Oz and uh, one from Toronto. So we'll save those for next week because they are rather long, but I'll put them at the top of the queue unless somebody writes a bloody good one that supplants them. But there you go. All right. Uh, We do love receiving your emails, as we know. Jonathan especially loves to read them out, and uh, we always will try and do so unless we run out of time like we have tonight. Now, send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com before Monday, and then there's a good chance that you'll get one read out. Uh, right, that is all we've got time for this week. We will return on Monday, March the 19th at 7 o'clock p.m. And I will be joined by Jonathan, of course, as always. And we've got the two journalists with us. We've got Liam Toomey and Oliver Harbord back in the house together. That'll be fun. Uh, we'll be reporting back, of course, on uh, our match against Leicester in the FA Cup on Sunday. And uh, we'll also be looking back to whatever happens on Wednesday night against Barcelona. Unless it's shit, in which case I'll ignore it. Uh, right, before that, of course, uh, I'll be recording the Kerry Dixon show with the one and only Kerry Dixon on Thursday. So make sure you download and listen to that from Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, et all. And as you well know by now, because I say it enough, uh, Jonathan, uh, myself and Clayton will be back with you on Friday night between 7 o'clock and 9pm where we'll be doing the Chelsea Fancast for Love Sport Radio. Lovesportradio.com which is uh, which will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if it's like last week it descends into chaos and anarchy. Uh, we'll see. But we'll be talking about the Barcelona game, surely, and uh, also previewing the Leicester game. Uh, but the best thing about it, as I keep saying, is that you get to phone us up and join in with the show, which I absolutely love. So, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast this week or if you've been a mixler this week, write this number down now. 0208 70 20 558 and uh, then you can phone up uh, between 7 and 9 on Friday night to lovesportradio.com and you'll get on the show. I can guarantee you that. Uh, and of course, as I said, it's on 558am uh, and it's on uh, DAB, Digital Radio. And of course, you can uh, do it via the website, which is lovesportradio.com. It's also on Radio Player and TuneIn. And you can listen to it wherever you are in the world. We know this because Paul Crowder was in California last week and he was listening and he phoned up. So there you go. It all works. Follow them on Twitter at Love Sport Radio and, of course, on Facebook too. You can follow us at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Dan at Dan Silves 73, Clayton at Goalie 59. Don't forget to check out the website, ChelseaFancast.com. 
Many, many thanks to Keon and all of the new Chelsea Fancast bloggers for the great content going up during the week. I've really appreciated it. It's great stuff. Uh, and uh, make sure you read them, retweet them, follow them, like them, do whatever you have to do. Right, we've got to go. But before I do, I want to say a massive, massive thanks to uh, to Dan, who uh, I had such fun with on Saturday. As, as we said earlier in the show, it's one of the best days I've had at Chelsea for a long time. Great fun, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, really, really good. That's what football's all about. Two right, son. And uh, when's the next? It's Spurs next, isn't it, for me, I think? Yeah, Easter Sunday. So we've got the international break, yeah. Yeah, we've got the London is Blue uh, pod boys coming over uh, for that weekend. So I hope you'll be around for that. We'll do a bit of drinking with them. Yeah, we will be. Yeah, I was supposed to be on their show yesterday. Sorry, Dan, you were saying. Yeah, I think Brian's from Chicago is going to be over as well. I think Dan Lundberg might be over as well. Not not D Lundberg underscore. The one and only, yeah. Bloody hell. Okay, well, I'll, I'll look out for Dan. I know there's a few other people coming over. They've emailed me to say they're coming over. Um, I was supposed to be on London is Blue yesterday, but uh, um, Nick, bless his heart, forgot to tell me what time they were doing it. So, of course, it was Mother's Day, as we all know, yesterday over in the UK. So I went on. I went for a very long, boozy Mother's Day lunch uh, in Putney, would you believe, uh, to uh, come out by about half five, six, to come back to Winchester to realise that that's when I was supposed to be doing the London is Blue podcast. So um, that's why I wasn't on it. Uh, of course, they've absolutely rinsed me for it, which, of course, I, I fully accept. I would do, do exactly the same. In, in the, you know, the grief I would have been giving them, you can only imagine. So I fair play to them. One of the funny things that I've seen, I wish I could take a screenshot of it, so maybe I should. But on Skype, uh, there's a message for me where they've mocked, they've put my head onto Patrick Swayze's head in that scene from Ghost, which is very surreal. Uh, it, it it needs more explanation than I can give it. But anyway, they rinse me rotten, and I'm really sorry, chaps. Uh, hopefully, we'll catch up when you come over for Spurs, and we'll I'll make it up to you. Um, Clayton, Hello. Uh, fantastic having you on the show tonight, as always. And I can't wait. It's gonna, I'm looking forward to actually seeing you on Friday. Yeah, me too. Being in the studio with Twice you. Twice in a week. What are you going to do with yourself? Yep. Fabulous. No, looking forward to it. Yeah, really enjoy tonight. Thank you for having yeah. me on. Yeah. No, it's always a pleasure, mate. So we'll see you on Friday for the Love Sport thing. And you're doing the Love Sport thing a week on Friday as well. You're doing two in a row, I believe. I believe I am, yes. Where are you? You're not around there that Friday, goes. are you? Well, no, I'm not. I'm going to be watching uh, Stiff Little Fingers and Ruts, DC, oh, up me, in yeah. Kentish Town Very that good. night with, with my bestest mate. So uh, I'm, I'm dipping out of that one, but... Uh, no doubt Jonathan will take over and give Aaron a very hard time on that particular occasion. Although you're going to have, you'll have Oliver Harbaugh with you to kind of balance it out with a bit of sensible. Oh, he'd be very sensible. But I look forward to the the, uh, mm. the superfluity of Clayton. That would be very good. Excellent. I shall, no, I shall I try and remember maybe... to bring my superfluity with me. If you could, I keep mine in a yeah, small I bag. Think, I think. D- if we're talking superfluity, I think you'll probably find it's me that will become superfluous uh, after a week on Friday when they realise they can do it without me. But uh, I'll just have to cry in the corner in Winchester and be forgotten, be the forgotten man. Uh, I was thinking more of the, like excess, that the huge amount of excess of Clayton that we were having. Superfluous. Oh, well, I, oh, I see. I see. Whereas, of course, me and my paranoid state... Yes, me being paranoid attributed it to me being superfluous, no, of course. I'll talk to my therapist about that on Thursday and get it sorted out before next week. 
Um, brilliant fun tonight, as always. I've really enjoyed it. Sorry about we've had a few technical issues, but hey ho, you know, that's live radio for you. Um, we will be back next week, as I said, and of course on Thursday and Friday. You lot in Mixler deserve, as always, a huge and very special big up. Jonathan deserves a huge round of applause and love for doing his emails so brilliantly. Uh, I will see him on Friday, and we will see you lot here next Monday and hopefully before then too. So see you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.